anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceiling does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profitlessly. I know words, I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. What is up? What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Peddling Fiction Podcast. I am your host, the voice and soul of so-called fiction, Johnny Profita. And back with me, of course, is my better half, Justin Hillbilly Boy Campbell. Seems to be having a much better week than me. Details were discussed off camera. That, that should... Uh, that. That should be the uh, conversation topic of uh, this week's happy hour. Like, if you want to know what Johnny's been up to this week, you need to get in on the happy oh hour. For yeah, Friday. That's where all the uh, this is a doozy. This is a doozy. Um, and that's where all the uh, the inside info is. So you got to become a supporting listener of the show, and you can get in on that action this Friday. And I'll link to that in the description. I'm actually in for this Friday. I don't work. I don't have anything going on with the kids. I'm home scot-free. So I will absolutely be on this week. Cool. Cool. And then, so next week is going, I'm probably not going to be able to do much until, um, yeah, probably until like the the sixteenth or the seventeenth, depending on how things go. Because so I got to go back to Chicago to wrap things up with my condo there. So we'll be putting out some uh, pre-recorded stuff, and uh, I, if I have any free time, we'll try to bang some stuff out. But it's gonna be gonna be a good time for you to catch up on all that backlog of uh, episodes we've been putting out over the years. So. Or go to Rumble and get some uh, Justin solo shows. There you oh, go. Yeah. <laughs> Justin will carry the will carry the team until I can get uh, get everything situated. Anyway, um, I sent you a bunch of stuff to talk about today. I don't know what we should go with first. You know, I did just see. Um, I, I didn't send you this, but the the Woody Harrelson um, SNL thing. Yeah, that, that was uh, yeah, that was pretty. I thought that was pretty interesting. I know Woody Harrelson has been fairly libertarian-ish kind of leaning. Like he's not a, he's not a super progressive, like real, real big lefty, uh, especially by Hollywood standards, but even by normal human being standards. So I thought that was pretty interesting. I, I asked some people, uh, like talking about it. I was like, do you think it was? Do you think it was one of those things that it was scripted? Was it one of those things that he went off the cuff and did that on his own? Like, what do you think? And and of course, a lot of people are like super black pill on everything and say it's all everything scripted, everything's a, an op. 
which very well could be, but I don't know. We've seen, we've seen like Dave Chappelle when he did his, uh, his monologue, he, he went off on some stuff that probably wasn't scripted and that they didn't want him to talk about. So it's not like it's out of place for somebody doing their opening monologue on SNL to go off the rails a little bit and just start saying stuff that they want to say. Uh, I don't know. It was, yeah, it was very interesting. Yeah, so I watched the the clip of it when it when it came out because I kept, you know everybody was sharing it all over Twitter and everything, and I really didn't find it very funny or entertaining. It was, in, I mean, it's kind of kind of funny, like a, a movie script, the movie script portion of it. But once again, it's always the reaction to these things that I find the most interesting because he's spreading anti-vax conspiracy theories all of a sudden when he basically just uh, described exactly what was happening over the last couple of years. <laughs> I, I mean, the idea that, uh, you know, big pharma is, uh, I mean, these are essentially drug cartels. And well, the really, the really funny thing is that script actually got made. Um, have you seen so there was a bbc television series called utopia that then got turned into a americanized version on amazon prime and it literally came out in 2020 during the pandemic and it it it's like eerie how closely the the events of that uh series kind of mirror the events that took place in 2020 it's like they didn't renew it for a second season because they said that it hit that it was a uh, hit too close to home. Like I can't believe it's still up on Amazon Prime at all. Like it because it was like for anybody paying attention and especially for conspiracy theory types, uh it was, the show was like spot on for everything that was going on. It was like holy shit. <laughs> and it was called Utopia. I think I remember seeing like the you know, the icon for it or whatever, but I never actually watched any of it. Yeah, it was, it was really good. I, uh, I had watched it when it came out because it looked interesting. I didn't know what it was about. <clears throat> and then it was like, holy shit. And I told Stephanie and I finally convinced her to watch it with me, like just, I don't know, earlier this year. And she goes, they've still, they've still got this up I'm like on Amazon Prime. Like they haven't taken it down yet. I was like, yeah. And I was surprising. Right. And then, so. Oh shit! I'm gonna have to watch this now. I'm out of things to watch, <laughs> so there you go. Check that out. Yeah, but I mean, like, I don't know. I it's so funny to watch just everybody take their marching orders. Anti-vax, the anti-vax conspiracy. Everybody has the same talking points about it, and, and I can't believe that the the media still operates this way after all the shit that they've taken. And all of like the, you know, the juxtaposition of all their headlines, you can put all these things together, you can put these montages together of them saying the exact same thing on 13 different channels over and over and over again. And they still haven't changed the way they operate. <laughs> it's just like, are, are you guys ever going to change? Like, no matter how bad their, uh, their ratings get, no matter how embarrassed they are uh, on like the, you know, on Twitter and and social media and everything like that they're they're just not going to stop the way that they do things 
no matter how many memes come out, NPC memes come out, it's just over and over and over again, the exact same thing. Yeah. Yeah. The, the reaction was kind of the, the thing that got me like the way it was so quick and uniform and everybody was on the same page of spreading conspiracy theories. And he's also talked about, I can't remember, five, five G and all of this stuff. Like they just start going off on all the Looney Tunes stuff. It's like, like, and, and it was everybody rolling stone, uh, shit. Who was the other, like every media outlet jumped on the same thing on Woody Harrelson, like next day. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, he's, He's talking about how like all these big pharma companies have bought the media, which like how many Pfizer commercials have you seen when you're watching, um, you know, cable news, right? And and how they they bought up all the media, and then the media does their bidding for them and pushes these drugs on the American people, and we were forced to take them in a lot of situations. Uh, they pushed for these mandates. They demonized people who didn't want to take these these drugs. There was the whole ivermectin thing that was demonized. But then, you know, uh, was it Moderna or, or somebody came out with like the exact same pill? Might have been Pfizer. I can't remember. Uh, distinction without a difference. Who came out with the exact same thing, basically, um, just under patent now. So like 10 times more expensive. And then as soon as he comes out and, and jokes about this, the media basically proves him right within like 24 hours. <laughs> like okay we all have our talking points and we're gonna you know try to cover this up and and uh and make him look like the crazy one it was like when the kanye said the jews run everything and then like within two days the anti-defamation league came out and said no we don't and then they had everybody cancel him from everything like right, right. it's just like eh, you're kind of proving his point you're definitely not helping your case uh that you're doing big pharma's fucking bidding by try, trying to discredit this guy with the exact same talking points in unison right after it happened. Crazy, crazy right? Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of uh, Hollywood, this is one of the articles you had shared with me. Uh, Hollywood's secret counterfeit vaccine network. Uh, yes. This was kind of interesting. Not that I didn't think this was already going on. Do you want to you want to read from the article, or should I just um, summarize it? Yeah, kind of summar summarize it. I'm I'm trying to think what where to start with. Yeah, it's always hard the way they. I hate the way these articles are formatted these days because they're they all they bounce around and they yeah it's hard to figure out a good a good starting point. So essentially, there's um a, a Hollywood insider who was providing real vaccination cards to Hollywood inside, like to famous act actors and actresses. And without them actually getting vaccinated, he got like he or she, I don't, we don't know exactly. They haven't provided a lot of details as to who this was, but essentially what they were doing was selling uh, vaccine cards to all these actors who didn't want to get vaccinated so that they could continue to work on their shows or their movies or go to premieres or go to you know uh, concerts or uh, sporting events and things like that and it's if you remember 
the the talking points coming out of the Hollywood arena, all of these people were pro vaccine, pro COVID, doing these weird fucking dances and shit about vaccines and and COVID nineteen and pushing uh, for these mandates and everything like that. And then of course it turns out there's this whole operation going on where they can get around these vaccine mandates with these real uh really real issued these aren't like fake cards that somebody filled out these are like real um documented cards that just didn't have like a a a name attached to them or something like that. yeah it says they've got the they have the hospital pharmacy where the vaccine is sold and includes batch number it just doesn't have any name attached to it so they're like uh, write your own story vaccine cards. Yeah. Yeah. And so it turns out all, all of these uh, hypocritical Hollywood elites that were telling you to get vaccinated and you had a duty to do this and, uh, you know, you're, you're a horrible person if you don't, they were buying up these cards and and using them because they didn't want to get the the vaccine. And one of the main drivers, I guess, was that they were starting to hear a lot of information come out about the fertility risks associated with this. So a lot of, it turns out, according to this uh, source, that a lot of the people that were buying these cards that didn't want to get vaccinated were female actresses, famous female actresses that were worried that they wouldn't be able to have kids or it would do something to their kids if they were to take these um, these vaccines. So I thought that was pretty interesting that this is coming out now. Well, I mean, and there were at that same or at that time when the vaccine was really getting pushed, you know, there were a ton of videos where it was like politicians and very important people sitting on stage getting their shot. But like they wouldn't actually take the cap off of the needle. They would just like stick it on their arm and or or you would see them like stick them with something, but then they wouldn't ever depress the plunger. So or like or they would always cover up the injection site where you couldn't really see what was going on Uh, like yeah (laughs) and i don't blame them for this but my god why would you like why would you be such a spineless pussy especially if you're like a rich actor or actress you know you're you're set for life you have very little to to actually um lose like you don't have to come out and make these statements if you don't agree like you could just keep your mouth shut you don't have to go around and and promote this stuff if you don't believe in it and yet here here they are um you know doing one thing and saying something completely different that like if what they believe like if their reasons for not taking the vaccine are valid and true like they're afraid for their health for taking these things to come out and use your status as a, a Hollywood elite and um, the influence that you have over your all these people and fans and everything like that to go and tell them to take it is just it. It's not. It's beyond hypocritical. It's like fucking evil. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, and like I get that they would be run out of Hollywood or whatever, but at that point, does it, does it matter? Like, do you need to make more millions? <laughs> right. There's that, but it, okay. If you're afraid of being run out of Hollywood and you're not willing to sacrifice your career, then just shut up, just shut up about it. 
when somebody like just don't talk about it and if somebody asks you about it you know do one of those like filibustery things where you just yammer on about nonsense and don't give an actual answer well and then any uh i guess i guess they're probably scared of like the cancel culture cop cancel culture mob too because you saw like um the black panther 2 filming had a lot of issues because the the lead i can't remember what her name is now the one who plays um shuri who becomes the black panther in this movie she was not a vaccine proponent and also uh kind of thought that covid was a joke and so they had issues during filming because she wouldn't comply with a lot of the bullshit that they were trying to enforce you saw the stuff with uh like the netflix series wednesday where it came out that jenna ortega like had covid during filming of one particular scene and then everybody was like oh this is the most terrible thing ever you can you can't be working while you have covid you could kill everybody jesus shut the fuck up yeah it's it's wild and we keep with each passing day we keep finding out more and more stuff that they were either wrong about or intentionally wrong about uh, the the latest um iteration of this would be the wuhan lab leak theory that we weren't allowed to even discuss in 2020 because that made you a a, a racist bigoted uh chinaphobe <laughs> right um and it got people kicked off of social media, YouTube channels banned. I mean, maybe that was one of the strikes that that I got. I, I didn't talk a whole lot about it, but if it did come up, I think I would. <laughs> I was I was on the right side of this one as well. They got you for masks, which has been verified that they don't work. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah, I remember that episode. There are several of them, but yeah. You know, in um, hindsight, I should have held on to appeals and stuff like that and instead of making appeals at the time they're like you know what ultimately this is all going to prove out that we were right and then i can make my appeals down the road if i had been smart about it that's what i'd have done then go back like now and appeal all the videos that were taken down be like hey now what? this one yeah <laughs> so you can't is it like a uh it's a double jeopardy you can't appeal the same thing twice <laughs> right yeah once it's gone it's gone yeah all right yeah well fuck them but speaking of China, I asked you also back then about the investigation into COVID origins. Is the FBI in charge of the investigation of the origins of the coronavirus? Uh, we certainly have a role in looking into the origins of the coronavirus. Now there's this Department of Energy study uh, that says it's likely uh, to have come from a lab leak, although the confidence is low. It cites the FBI. What is the determination by the FBI? So, uh, as you note, Brett, uh, the FBI has for quite some time now assessed that the origins of the pandemic are most likely a potential lab incident in Wuhan. We step back for a second. You know, the FBI has folks, agents, professionals, analysts, virologists, microbiologists, et cetera, who focus specifically on the dangers of biological threats, which include things like novel viruses like COVID, uh, and the concerns that they're in the wrong hands, some bad guys, a hostile nation state, a terrorist, a criminal, 
the threats that those could pose. So here you're talking about a potential leak from a Chinese government-controlled lab that killed millions of Americans, and that's precisely what that capability was designed for. I should add that our work related to this continues, and there are not a whole lot of details I can share that aren't classified. I will just make the observation that the Chinese government seems to me has been doing its best to try to thwart and obfuscate the work here, the work that we're doing, the work that our U.S. government and close foreign partners are doing, and it's unfortunate for everybody. Yeah, so this is just, once again, a really unsatisfying admission that, oh, yeah, well, obviously, this was like the most plausible explanation for it. They'll say that now, when two years ago, if you if you were to say that, you know, it was heresy. It's just so fucking ridiculous, man, the way they, they come out and they just kind of uh, gaslight the fact that they uh, completely tried to discredit anyone that was uh, coming up with the most plausible and obvious explanation for what happened two years well, ago. How are they going to, how are they going to pretend that this is like some nefarious thing of China was trying to weaponizing something to ki- and killing millions of Americans. Like there's, they literally have the receipts that show that Fauci and the DHS were sending tons of money to this lab for this specific purpose. Right. Like, well, that, this, that's this, the other... wasn't China, this wasn't some like evil China plan to kill Americans. It was fucking our <laughs> own government. It was. We funded it. Yeah. 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 Just so like like we fund all all sorts of uh, terrorism around the world, and that and that of course is the other really interesting part about this admission from the FBI is that it's coming now, um, in the midst of this. Uh, world war three we're on the brink of world war three with russia we've been sort of driving russia into china's arms and now all of a sudden the people that were telling you two years ago three years ago before all this uh russian stuff was going on that oh you know don't don't worry about china like if you think this is coming from china you're like racist against chinese people and all this shit and now China's the evil, um, you know, the evil empire trying to kill millions of Americans. It, it, dude, it's it's fucking wild to watch them operate like this. Yeah, the heel turn is so just crazy. Like how how quickly they'll go from one narrative to the next, like without even without even batting an eye, like no no concern for hypocrisy or or anything like that. It's just like flip the switch and move on to the next thing yeah yeah and it's like well we're gonna save the we're gonna save the lab leak theory for when we actually really need to to beat the war drums and get the american people riled up against china until then we'll just pretend like it was something else and we don't really know and blah blah blah. we're investigating blah 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 don't talk about that that makes you a bad person and now it's like Okay, yeah, now it's okay to talk about it because we want to we want to generate support against China because China and Russia are basically becoming or we drove them into each other's arms with, with our stance in Ukraine. Yeah. Doing a hell of a job. 
Yeah. What's the uh what's the new like axis uh powers over there? It's like Russia, I think India and China. That's uh that's a lot of manpower and uh a lot of like the places where we get a lot of the shit we need. <laughs> like maybe this isn't such a great idea to be pissing these people off. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's it, it's just so crazy how irresponsible these um these leaders are, and and how much uh, respect they are given, and just how flippant they are with uh, potential millions of lives. I mean, this could go bad in a number of different ways, and instead of trying to you know resolve this situation and and calm you know calm everything down. No, no, no. Now we're going to come out with the lab league theory and justify, you know, all this um, vitriol toward toward China as well. So now uh, China and and Russia in particular are. Are sort of teaming up in a lot of different ways in the banking system and and, uh, you know, with uh, getting away from the dollar as the reserve currency and things like that. And the American people are being told that Russia and China are like the, you know, the most evil things, things in the world, and that we should actively hate both of those countries. And we'll, we'll have to do, you know, what are they buttering us up for? <laughs> like, clearly, they have something in mind. And why are they, why are they propagandizing the American people in these directions at this point? I think is the question you should be asking yourself. Yeah. Yeah. What's what's coming next? That's usually people are too busy in our society. People are usually too busy looking at the thing right in front of their face to think about what's down the road. Yeah. Yeah. You're missing the missing the forest for the tree. Um, yeah. And so you do you kind of gotta take a step back and realize that these people are monsters and they are manipulating you for some some goal. What is their goal? And you know why why would they be doing this it's not they're not all of a sudden interested in the truth of the origins of the the covid um like how covid started spreading they've never been interested in that they had these like fucking bullshit investigations into it with the world health organization we covered that way back when um i mean they they did a they had a full on like conspiracy theory campaign uh like this article that we got pulled up here says you know credibility crisis egg on the media's face after dismissing covid lab leak as debunked conspiracy theories theory yeah yeah like they, they 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 literally said that they said that's been debunked that's not true it wasn't a lab leak that's just conspiracy nonsense blah 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 mm -hmm. and now here we are yeah well let's uh if you scroll down to that little video right there let's see if we can play that because I think this is a nice little montage of all of the naysayers out there before it was cool to talk about the lab leak theory. An updated classified intel report saying that the U.S. Department of Energy has assessed that the source of the COVID-19 pandemic likely came from a China lab leak. And then there's this theory, widely debunked, this paper from two Chinese researchers that says it is plausible that the virus leaked accidentally from one of two labs near the Wuhan seafood market. Coronavirus was man-made in a lab in Wuhan, China. 
And yet this week, Donald Trump is still pushing the debunked bunkum, despite his own intelligence community's finding that that is simply not true. The Wuhan lab, we know that it's been debunked that this virus was man-made or modified or anything like that. Tom Cotton a couple of days ago uh, spouting a conspiracy theory that the Chinese made yeah. this virus up. You have 11 in a lab. You have Rush Limbaugh every day, presidential medal, freedom honor. It's hard to say this is the most reckless thing he's ever done. Those same agencies now have been tapped with investigating one of Trump world's most favorite conspiracy theories. New York Times reports this, quote, senior Trump administration officials have pushed American spy agencies to hunt for evidence to support an unsubstantiated theory that a government lab in Wuhan, China, was the origin of the coronavirus outbreak. Tom Cotton, one of Donald Trump's staunchest allies in the Senate, suggested that the virus might have originated in a high-security biochemical lab in China. In the 1980s, I remember when the far left trafficked in rumors about HIV hadn't been invented in CIA labs. The far right has now found its own virus conspiracy theory. It's just beautiful, man. They, I don't, I've seen all of these people say that it was widely debunked and that's been debunked and nobody, I never actually saw the debunking of it. Did you? Did anybody? It's like they do with everything. They say that we have evidence of this thing or that this has been debunked or that this is objectively true or this is objectively false, but they never actually provide any of the any of the evidence for that. They just say it and they keep saying it over and over and over again. And if you question them, well, what is your actual evidence for that? Then you're either a racist, a bigot, a homophobe, a transphobe. You want to kill grandma. Uh, you're a... Uh, MAGA hat wearer, you're all these things. Like nobody can ever answer extreme a fucking mega, question. Extreme mega Republican. <laughs> I got into a back and forth on Twitter last night where I just kept saying, like, I'm just asking you to provide me one example of where you're right and I'm wrong. And then I'll drop it. Like I will admit that you're right and move on. If you just give me one example. Yeah, well, you're not going to do this and that, 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 that. I'm like, just give me one example. Just one example. Well, you're going to da, 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 and you're this, that, and that. I'm like, do we really have to keep doing this? Like, all you have to do is prove me wrong one time. Uh, never had any of getting blocked. That's that's my ultimate goal for every Twitter exchange is to get blocked. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I usually lose interest in those after two or three back and forth. So I'm just like, yeah, all right, dude. I, uh, eventually, I, eventually, it hits a point where it's just like, all right, now I'm just going to keep going like forever. There's no way I'm going to ever stop. Uh, I'm going to make sure that this person has no choice but to block me. Yeah, but this, so yeah, it turns out that this widely debunked theory, conspiracy theory, is uh, apparently the FBI's best explanation now for what happened. <laughs> I, I want to see how they're gonna how they're going to handle this one now. Are they just not covering it? I haven't seen a lot of uh, national media coverage other than the, I mean, I know that was an interview on Fox News that the FBI guy gave, and he talked about some other stuff too that I, I don't think we'll have time to go into today. A lot of January 6th stuff, Hunter Biden laptop stuff, um, other things that have been widely debunked <laughs> coming coming to fruition once again. Say if anybody is covering any of this stuff, it's probably just Fox, and of course they'll uh, 
all the left wing media will call that. Yeah, it's Fox. Um, oh, yeah, obviously Fox News is covering it because they're the biggest uh, spreaders of misinformation and disinformation. It, it, it's yeah. a really funny way of going about it. It's right, like everything that they covered as widely debunked, you know, conspiracy theorists. They're making fun of all these people, and then when they get proven wrong, they don't cover it. Fox News will cover that they got everything wrong. And then they'll just be like, oh, well, that's Fox News. You can't believe anything that they say. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah. All right. What else we got? You want to, oh, you had talked about, um, you know, China and, and the whole Russia thing. You got, we've got several, oh, no, I thought these were clips about Ukraine. They just have the, uh, that's the color of their student dance cancellation <laughs> call signs. I thought that was Ukraine. Oh, Sorry. Yeah. So there's the, the student loan debt rally. Uh cancel cancel student loan debt rally that took place apparently over the last uh I don't know if this was the past weekend or whatever. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, so oh, yeah, I thought it happened over, over the weekend. Yeah. Um <laughs> some of these these clips. I, I didn't uh I didn't listen to all of them. I just pulled pulled a few that caught my eye. This is uh it's going to be very interesting to uh, to play these and then give an explanation because they they kind of contradict themselves just by the nature of this event. Let's see which what's the first one you're going to pull up. Yeah, okay, go ahead and let's hear what this lady has to say. Student debt relief is student debt relief plan. It takes significant steps to reducing the racial wealth gap, and I'm going to address that. We know that black borrowers, specifically black women carry the heaviest student debt burden. We know that Black women already struggle with age discrimination. We earn, on average, 58 cents for every dollar a white man earns. That ain't right. Historically low pay combined with high rates of student debt relief means financial devastation for Black and brown borrowers, and we see it every day, and they say that's okay, but that ain't right. 58 cents uh, to every dollar I, uh, you and me make is what they get. That's uh, that's some big time savings for all those uh, greedy corporations that only care about profits. They can hire black women for 58 cents on the dollar to do the exact same job that a white man would do. I wonder why well, they don't do that. Statistically, it would make sense that black women carry the heaviest college student debt burden because do you know what demographic currently has the highest college graduation rate is it black women it is by quite a bit black yeah. it's black women uh are the top and then white women and then uh the off-white uh, minorities like Asians and Mexicans and then white men and then black men. Like black men is at the very bottom, but w black women is at the very top and it's by a pretty significant margin. Yeah, it was, I, I did see somebody talking about that. Um, I forget where I saw it, but yeah, it was like a, a guy was giving like an interview or something and just rattled off the statistics and the, the white male graduation rate was low. It was, was it like 30% or something like 30% of white males are graduating? It was something crazy low like that. Um, but 
yeah, everybody else was like way, way higher. And it just goes to show you like, so you would think that if everything the government is telling you is right, you know, that the American dream is based on going to college and getting a degree, and then you get your job and you, you work at that job, and then you can buy a house and all this stuff. None of it's uh, apparently it's not working out very well for these black women. They have the highest graduation rate. They're all going to college, and yet they're still making fifty-eight cents on the dollar, and they can't afford any of the the student loans that they took on. How are they doing so far? How's, how's this government plan working out for you? Let's see. We got Rashida Talib. What did she have to say about all this? Yeah. Who are speaking truth to power, y'all? And there are people in our community that can't be standing out here in front of the steps of the Supreme Court as they hear the opening statements. But I want you to know, you all are standing on their shoulders. Literally, they are watching all this happen and cheering you on. I hope you can hear them. They are cheering you on. I posted a video showing the kids, the young people. You're not kids to me, or I know. But young people yesterday in the pouring rain last night. Standing in solidarity, and I told them then, we are all standing with you. And just know this, I've seen things come and go, you know, when folks uh, come in office, come and go. But movement, people don't go nowhere, right? They can change hair. They can, this unhinged Supreme Court can make all these decisions, but we're not going anywhere. And we're going to continue to speak that truth. Again, the President of the United States, I hope they can hear me, does have the legal authority to cancel debt. With that, again, I thank you all so much. He literally doesn't. I mean, you can say that he does as many times as you want. It doesn't make it true. Like, it's like, the you know, the the deep, the debunked lab leak theory. It's like, OK, where's your proof of that? Like, the president can cancel student debt. Like, where's the proof of that? Because the whole reason they're talking about this is it's going to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court is about to say that he can't because he can't. Yeah, it would. I mean, well, the, the thing is, they, they shouldn't have the authority to give these loans in the first place. I mean, there's there's nothing that allows the federal government to loan money to 18 year old kids to go get these overpriced, worthless degrees. It, it's incredible. Yeah, they just to speak that truth. Every time somebody talks about speaking a truth, you know that they are speaking complete bullshit. Nobody that's telling the truth like says that word. They they don't say speaking a truth or the truth like speaking my your truth, truth or it's truth your to power truth. yeah truth, to truth power is another another good indication that they don't know what the fuck they're talking about <laughs> the objective truth doesn't matter it's all about your truth what's true for you and whether what's and if what's true for you goes completely against like literally everything of you know God and nature created doesn't matter because it's your truth and yeah. that's all. And it's just what's amazing to me is that this entire problem was 100% made by government, by government programs, by the student loan initiation. Uh, th they caused this whole thing. I, I mean, there's no way in a in a free market system you could charge th this kind of um, rate, these kind of rates for degrees. And if you weren't, if students didn't have unlimited access to capital to bid, to bid up these prices. I know I've talked about this like a million times on this podcast. Uh, th these schools would just have to lower their prices because nobody would be able to go. But it, as long as you keep allowing them access to this capital, of course, they're going to take it because you've been telling them that this is their ticket to, 
to, you know, being in the, the 1% of America is getting a college degree and, and following this formula. And it turns out that it's literally the worst thing people can apparently do is take on a bunch of student loan debts to get a degree and then try to go work in America. Well, that's there the jobs. Huh? You, you've set yourself back a minimum 10 years just right off the bat. Like you, you now have all of this student debt that you have to pay back. Yeah. So you can't afford a mortgage. You can't afford a house. You can't afford anything because you're already, you're, you're already coming in on the lowest end of what you're going to make in your professional career, at least, you know, with a degree. Yeah. Uh, and, and you're already carrying an enormous amount of debt that, that you can't get out from under at any point soon. So like you've, you have seriously taken one step forward in order to take like three steps back, four steps back. You're, you're, you're probably starting behind most of the people who just got out of school and went straight to work in a job or in like a trade or a skill or something like that. Like the ones that went to a trade school and didn't, uh, didn't get a hundred and two hundred thousand dollars worth of debt and learned how to actually do something. Plus the college degree is effectively useless. Like unless you're going to school to be a doctor, lawyer, engineer, chemist, you know, something, something like that. Like if you're just going for a regular business degree, that thing is, that's a worthless piece of paper. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it just goes to show it's the perfect example of government trying to help people and making things exponentially worse. Uh, there's no better example of student loans. And of course, as soon as they break this system and ruin millions of people's lives, the explanation or the the solution is, oh, we'll just cancel the debt now. It's, like, it's crazy, man. And this lady had some really ridiculous things to say. So let's go ahead and play this last clip. For seeking financial support for anything that you would like to get done from a bank. And they say, you're in debt. You can't have an opportunity. Is that a perfect union? So to the Supreme Court today, under the Constitution, you have every legal authority from the 14th Amendment of Equal Protection of the Law to the Fifth Amendment of Due Process of Law, every authority to be able to stand for young people and people who are now 30s and 40s and 50s who can't see their way out, can't see a light at the end of the tunnel because they are not blessed with inalienable rights and liberty in the pursuit of happiness because human debt has slipped them down to the ground. I refuse to accept that this great nation who stands alongside of the Ukrainian people fighting for democracy around the world so that the children of Ukraine stolen by Russia can come back to their nation and stand equal under the sun. Then I refuse to accept that each and every one of you who are here Families who cannot come to this place today, mothers and fathers who are getting up with a heavy load on their back, taking children to school, trying to make ends meet because they went and accepted the challenge of an American dream and now are under the burden of usurious rates that are slapping them to the ground. I don't want to be slapped anymore. I want to be able to have the ability to stand up. I want to be free from that kind of burden and pressure. And in order to do that, Thank you for being here today and recognizing that the power is in us. We ask for nothing untoward. We ask for nothing that is not lifting us up. We ask for nothing that we do not deserve. We're asking for nothing but what is deserving. We, too, are America. 
deported, and it is right. We ask the United States Supreme Court to believe in the certain inalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and that we have come to this nation to create a more perfect order. I'm with you. I support you. We I mean, it doesn't matter what y'all are here for. It doesn't matter what you believe. The Supreme Court is here specifically for the purpose of determining was it constitutional or not. That's all of this social justice, like the whole thing got popularized by Ruth Bader Ginsburg of using the Supreme Court as some like social justice platform to right wrongs and all of this bullshit. You have one job as a Supreme Court justice to look at the case in front of you and determine is it constitutional or not? That's yes. that's literally it. It's not whether or not you think it's a good program and it would help people and you like it. That should have nothing to do with it. And of course, yeah, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was, yeah, sort of spearheaded that whole thing. And, and this is why they want control of the Supreme Court, because they want to put a bunch of people on there that are going to be activist judges that are going to do things. Um, not because they're constitutional or unconstitutional, but because they think they're the right thing to do. And <laughs> we're not asking for anything. We're not asking for anything that doesn't lift. You're asking for a trillion plus dollars of debt to be canceled. So you are asking for that. And I, I just don't, I can't, it's hard to wrap my head around the fact that they want to keep this program going. Like, Look at the result of of what they've done. And she keeps saying, you know, like, oh, black people have been denied. You know, this is a big, a big talking point of, of these type of people. Like, oh, they were denied all these bank loans. So they couldn't buy a house and they couldn't do that. And it's like, yeah, maybe for good reason. Maybe they should have been denied these student loans. Imagine if they were denied that. I mean, rushing approval processes for those loans was what was a at least a significant contributing factor in what led to the whole housing bubble explosion yeah. of 20, uh, 2008. Like, exactly. So it's, yeah, they, they frame it as like, oh, they're trying to, we're trying to keep them down. But when they actually get access to these funds, look what happens. Look what happens to them. They're even further down than they were before. I, I mean, like, this is like the best example ever of government just breaking your legs and and then handing you crutches and being like, hey, see, look what we did for you. Well, and then, and the fact that they're the fact that they're going before the Supreme Court to try to get approval for canceling student debt, but uh, all of the loan sharks that are giving out the the student debt are still operating. Like, why are we canceling? trillions of dollars in student debt but we're still handing out more like put a put a fucking end to that that's like that yeah that was this is this is the symptom of the problem but this is the actual problem over here like why aren't we addressing that and nobody's talking about that nobody's on the stage saying maybe we should stop these companies from or these banks and stuff that are backed by the government from giving out more money to more kids and then we're just going to create this perpetual cycle of this is going to be happening again forever and ever and ever until we do something about it no the the solution isn't to stop giving out the debt the solution is to just cancel the debt so yeah yeah and as far as i know i think all the banks are out of the business of of giving the student loans and the government has just started doing it directly to them, which has made the problem exponentially worse. 
And yeah, I just, I don't know how, how you look at this situation that everybody's in now and you don't come to the conclusion that this was a horrible idea. Like this is not making anybody's life better. This whole, this whole program of giving people loans, you didn't have to borrow money to go to college like 50 years ago. You, you know, you talk to like all these people like, oh, I work, you know, I worked a summer job and that was enough to pay for all my college and uh, my room and board and everything. Well, it's like whenever they talk about <clears throat> like our parents' generation had it so good because they could literally go to college on a summer job or, you know, work in a summer job and all this, that, and act like that's such a, you know, terrible thing. Like, why is that the case though? Like, yes, that's obviously a problem for our generation that we can't do that. But why is it that we can't do that? It's not because of anything that that the boomers did. It's because of the government putting these programs in place and monetizing your debt. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> just like I can't the the disconnect in these people's minds where it's just like, oh, they won't let us borrow all this money to to do things. They're trying to keep us down. And then on the other, like two seconds later, look at all this money they let us borrow and they're keeping us down. It's <laughs> just like, what, what do you, what do you think here? Like, wh what's the goal? What are we trying to do? And where do you think this is going to go? I, I mean, letting people take on all kinds of irresponsible debt that they have no chance of paying back is not going to help you get ahead in America and canceling this debt isn't going to really do much either. In the short term, yes, like they won't. I mean, they haven't had to make any payments on this stuff for the last like what two years or something. Right. There's been a yeah, so there's been like a little debt jubilee on that. But it's you know we we were talking about this sort of before we started. Uh, poverty is a fucking mindset. Um, the, the, you know they can you can cancel go, go ahead cancel all this debt for these people. Show me where they're at in ten years. I guarantee you the vast majority of them will not be much better off. What was the, there was like a social experiment or something where they, they gave some homeless dude like a huge amount of money and like checked on him periodically over the course of a year. And before the end of the year, he was homeless again, like completely broke back on the streets, had nothing. I mean, it, it's, <laughs> that's why you don't, that's why you don't do handouts. Uh, what is it the uh, the back when we were in our twenties the uh, the conservative talking point against like welfare was always the the thing from the Department of Fish and Wildlife uh, talking about how you you know don't feed the animals because then they become dependent on stuff and uh, it's like yeah. yeah and they don't learn how to fend for themselves and you know I do feel a good amount of sympathy for all these kids that were bamboozled into taking on all this debt. But again, the, the solution to that is is to not make things even worse by by just canceling the debt and creating that kind of moral hazard where now somebody else is paying for the mistakes that they made. And what do you think is going to happen? Like, so as soon as they realize that all this debt is going to be canceled, how much more debt do you think they're going to take on? Well, that's like anytime somebody gets their, you know, they're they're already underwater on their uh, making minimum payments on their credit card. And they've got the card maxed out, so they get approved for an increased limit, and then they go ahead and max it right on out, and still can't pay more than the minimum. Like that, yeah. increasing the it's the same with the the whole debt ceiling thing. Like just because you increase it doesn't mean that that like 
fixes the problem that's actually compounding it and making it even worse. Despite, yeah, despite what Joe Biden will say. Uh, do you have that? Did I send you that clip? Or I might have just flagged it when he was talking about the debt ceiling. I thought I thought I had it, but I don't. I don't see it right handy. Um, I I mean, it's crazy the way they talk about this. <laughs> like the the problem is never that. We've taken on too much debt, which I don't understand. Yeah, like, why do we have to cancel the student loan debt? Can't we just let them take on more debt? Just raise their debt ceiling? Because that solves the problem, apparently, according to these politicians. The problem isn't the debt itself. The problem is, yeah, this is the one. The problem is that we they're not allowed to go further into debt. Here we go. default on the national debt unless I accept certain economic plans. Now, let me explain the national debt you all know. We think we all know it. It's the accumulated debt over 200 years. Every year it's accumulated over 200 years. The federal government has never, ever once reneged on that debt. We've never questioned our credit. And guess what? Let's remember, the last administration increased the federal debt by 25%. 200-year debt, in four years, they increased it by 25%. 200 years. Folks, how did Congress respond? Well, quite frankly, the only responsible thing, they paid the debt. They voted three times to keep paying America's bills, to pay the debt without preconditions, without a crisis. If they paid the American debt then, why in God's name are they threatening not to pay it now? The folks, it's not all the other team. I'm not everybody on the team says that. But it's just politics. And they got no business playing politics for the lives of American people in our nation's economy. Folks, well, by the way, you know, you hear ads of a big spending Joe Biden. In two years, I reduced the debt $1.7 billion. $1.7 billion. The largest deficit reduction in American history. I met with the new House Speaker, who's not a bad guy, about how we should proceed to settle our differences without jeopardizing the full faith and credit of the United States of America, which would be a disaster in terms of our economy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah. You reduced deficit spending by $1.8 billion. And for people who don't know numbers, $1.8 billion stacked against, what are we up to, $20 trillion is 30 No, $31.4 trillion, bro. And counting. Wow. Okay. So 1.8 billion stacked up against 30 something trillion. Like that's. Yeah. I think, well, I think he even meant to say 1.7 trillion because we spent like $7 trillion last year and now we're only spending 5.3 or something like that or 5.7. I, I forget what it is, but it's a crazy number. We're still uh, over a trillion dollar. We hit, we still have over a trillion dollar deficit. And he said he said debt at first, and then he said we deficit reduction. I mean, it's fucking Biden, so we can kind of glean what we think he meant to say there. But yeah, the, I wonder where all this inflation came if we we increased the national debt by twenty five percent over the last four years. Yeah, but the but apparently we we paid that off, so we're all good. And how did we pay that off? They increased the amount of debt that they can take on. So we we paid off our you know the debt that was due by taking on more debt, and that's what we that's what we need to keep doing. 
That's the solution to the problem. The problem isn't the debt itself. It's that we just haven't been able to take on enough of it. Should we apply that to this, the student loan crisis as well? Just let them borrow more money. It's the obvious solution. Yeah. Just give them a credit card to pay off their student loan debt. And then they can start paying off the credit card debt with another credit card and a, another credit card after that. And we just see how that goes. <laughs> it's just like, what the fuck, man? It's so bizarre that that people actually, this is the way they, they view the economy. I mean, I don't even know. Joe Biden might be this fucking dumb and senile, but I don't think these politicians actually believe that this is how you actually you pay for a bill by going further into debt. I don't think any of the politicians actually believe it, but I think they know that the American people are stupid enough to buy it. So that's the, that's why they have to push a lot of these narratives and talking points and stuff. It's not that they believe it. It's that they know that people are stupid enough that they're going to go for it. Yeah, people aren't going to ask questions. Like <laughs> the Republicans did the responsible thing; they raised the debt ceiling. Oh man, it, it is just the fucking clown world that we're living in, and it's. I mean, I <laughs> when you look at the amount of debt problems that we're having, not just you know with the the national debt, but on all levels. And I think I sent you an article about bankruptcy filings. Yeah, that they're at like uh, all time yeah. high. Yeah, we can try to get get out of here on this. Like, there are flashing red signals everywhere. Uh, the student loan debt is way out of control. It's over a trillion. Credit card debt, I think, is over a trillion. The number of people filing for bankruptcy over the last two months is at, at the highest level since 2009 and 2010, like in the depths of the Great Recession. Um, there was like 20, I think. Yeah, in the first month of the year, number of U.S. bankruptcies topped 20, the highest number since 2010. Back then, there were 25 uh, bankruptcy filings, and that was like, you know, the end of the world. And then this month, I think there were in February, I think there were 30. If you scroll down, it might give us the exact number, but you can see the chart there. Uh, we're we're near, yeah, up 63. Uh, no, 63 in 2009 at this point, and 39 in February. So it's like 39 and 20. Okay. <laughs> so 59 versus 63. And we're yet we're told like everything's great. They're building back better. We're not in a recession. Dude, we are bleeding red ink from every orifice possible in the United States and the it's not looking good. And their solution to the problem is exactly everything that got us into the problems that we're facing right now. We'll just make these things bigger. How could that possibly be considered a solution? I mean, in what universe is this, is this like something that we should even be considering? Oh, the national debt's getting to, you know, we have too much debt. Oh, let's take on more debt. That'll fix it. <laughs> Let's just cancel the national debt. If canceling student loan debt is going to work so well, can't we just cancel the the national debt too? Yeah, yeah. What would be the Tell problem? China. Like you know, they're they're. He's Tell saying China, we need a, a we need a bailout. Cancel it all. Yeah, well, it's it, it's unbelievable. I mean, just 
if if economics is anything, like you should be able to apply it equally to these two situations, right? And he's saying on the one hand, it's going to be catastrophic for the U.S. to default on the national debt. But on the other hand, he's saying we should absolutely default on the student loan debt. I mean, what do you think canceling the debt is? That would be a default. So let's if we can cancel the student loan debt and that's going to make everything wonderful, why don't we cancel the national debt? Just cancel it. Who cares? No problem there, right? That would fix it. <laughs> yeah. At least we could eliminate it as a topic of conversation. <laughs> then we don't have to get all the bad takes on it. Yeah. Oh, God. Anyway, that's probably enough for today. Things are going well. Like yeah. Well, the year's off to a really good start. <laughs> Everything's going great. Not a problem as far as the eye can see, as long as we just do more of exactly what we've been doing for the you know thousandth and one time, it'll work. This time it'll work. The first thousand times, you know, it, yeah, all these problems got bigger and more severe, and the American people are worse off than ever before. But if we just do a little bit more of exactly what we've been doing, that'll fix the problem. We just haven't tried real uh raising the debt ceiling (laughs) once we do real raising the debt ceiling then it'll then it'll solve all the problems yeah that's that's unbelievable i mean they have suspended it altogether for like years at a time they used to i I think that's probably what they'll do this time they're not going to put a new limit in place they'll just be like we're just going to suspend the limit and see how much we can rack up before the next time we have to address this is it's crazy man anyway (laughs) Speaking of poor, poor being a mindset, that's that is our U.S. government. Yeah, yeah. According to Bernie Sanders, we're the richest country in the in the world. Just hasn't seen our balance sheet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all those rich countries just have an insurmountable amount of debt that they can't pay off. That's how they. Yeah, but they're rich. That's how you know you're rich. The more debt you have, the more wealthy you are. Obviously. Right. It's not about it's not about how much you got in your bank account. It's about what your spending limit is. <laughs> what uh what do you got going on the rest of this week? Anything you need to plug? Oh, uh, uh, nothing special. Um, I thought I had something going on, but I can't remember what it was now. Okay, uh, we'll be live on Friday. Live on Friday afternoon, followed by a happy hour. So stay tuned for all of that. Don't forget to check the Substack. There'll be some stuff coming out for that over the next day or two. And I'll link to all that stuff in the description. You do all that for us, and we will be back live on Friday with a brand new episode for you. Until then, you know the drill. Just keep on peddling that so-called fiction. Peace.